right, well, let's go ahead and get started today on our series on using the law lawfully. We've got two quick little laws we're going to look at today. Shouldn't take too long, so let's start in Exodus chapter 20. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 20 and verse 23. Exodus 20, verse 23, we're going to look at the law against going up by steps to the altar. So, sounds like kind of an obscure law, but it, it does have, oh sorry, verse 26, not verse 23. It does have an uh, application to us in the New Testament. Exodus 20, verse 26, Neither shalt thou go up by steps unto mine altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. So that's instruction for the priest that they are not to go up by steps uh, to the altar and have their nakedness exposed uh, while they're doing that. So the command was given, it's a, a prohibition against building steps going up to the altar, which that was very common in the, the old days with a lot of the different religions that had sacrifices. Many times the altar was way up high. And the priest would go up these series of steps to get up to the top and sacrifice on the altar to their God. <clears throat> and so God was telling the Jews, I don't want you doing that. Put the altar down on ground level. The priest is not to walk up these steps where everyone's watching him and uh, his nakedness can be exposed. Uh, so they were forbidden from building steps to go up to the altar. And this command was given specifically to avoid exposing the nakedness of the priest. And that's kind of interesting because if you remember, the priest is wearing an ankle-length robe and he's wearing knee-length shorts underneath his robe as boxer shorts. Uh, so, and by the time at this point, it's not said in the law that uh, uh, the shorts have to be bound up around the, the knees, but Josephus says that uh, at least by his days, the shorts were even bound up around the knees with laces to, to keep the shorts. Uh, in place and keep any exposure that way. <clears throat> so, so it's kind of extreme to say you know, you've got you've got this knee-length robe that you're wearing, and you've got these, or sorry, ankle-length robe, and you've got this knee-length pair of shorts that you're wearing underneath the robe, and also you're not to go up by steps uh, to the altar. Flip over a couple pages here to uh, Exodus 28. <clears throat> I know we've mentioned the shorts that the priests have underneath their robes, but I don't think we've actually looked at the verse that it's mentioned in. It's Exodus 28, verse 42. And thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness from the loins even unto the thighs they shall reach. Okay, so the thigh is the part that extends from the waist part of the leg from the waist all the way down to the top of the knee. So if it's going to cover the loins and the thigh, then it's going to cover all the way down to the knee, <clears throat> which is what all the Jewish historians that have commented on this have, have mentioned also. They've said that it goes all the way to the knee. So those are the shorts that they had underneath uh, their robes to prevent the, their nakedness from being exposed. And they were told not to go up uh, by steps to the altar 
in case their nakedness might be exposed. So that's the command in the Old Testament. They were forbidden from going up by steps to the altar, specifically to prevent the, the priest from exposing their nakedness to the people. Now, think about it in the New Testament. What can we apply, how can we apply this to our lives as Gentile believers? Let's turn to Revelation chapter 3. Wouldn't really expect to go to the book of Revelation in order to learn something about the law in the Old Testament, but we do, we do see an application of this for us as Gentile believers here in Revelation. Revelation chapter 3, verse number 18. This is a part of God's message to the seven churches. These are the seven churches of Asia. Uh, three here. I think this is Laodicea. Yeah, Laodicea is where this one is actually uh, written to. <clears throat> so this is specifically written to a Gentile church. And this is sort of a spiritual application that he's making here. He's not really talking about physical application, but let's let's read it and see what physical things he talks about to make a spiritual application to this church. I counsel thee, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with thy salves that thou mayest see. Okay, and so here we have, in talking to this Gentile church, God is saying, you need to buy of me white raiment to be clothed so that the shame of your nakedness does not appear. And, of course, he's speaking, speaking figuratively, you know, spiritually, to have the white raiment uh, of salvation uh, so that they'll be clothed spiritually when they appear before God. But he's drawing a spiritual analogy from a physical truth. The physical truth that he's using to draw that spiritual analogy is that nakedness is shameful. And it's shameful for Gentiles just as much as it was shameful for the Jews under the law. And we can see that here in Revelation 3 in the letter to the church of Laodicea. Let's turn also to Revelation 16 and verse 15. <clears throat> Revelation 16 and verse 15. Behold, I come as a thief, Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And so again we see the physical truth of nakedness is shameful, and God is using that to teach a spiritual truth about being ready when he returns. And so for Gentiles, as well as for Jews, nakedness was shameful. Now nakedness is one of those things in the Bible you'll never see it said that nakedness is a sin because that would be something that would require us to be clothed at all times. You know, we couldn't even take a shower without, you know, unless we took our showers clothes. And you know, it couldn't be, uh, for example, couldn't ha have an operation where the doctor requires you to remove your clothes and, and uh, just have on that little robe and they remove the robe when they put you on the operating table. You, know, that you couldn't do things like that if God said that all nakedness is sin. But instead he says that nakedness is shameful and it's something that we can see all throughout the scripture that nakedness is shameful anytime it's referenced it's always referenced uh, with the idea of it being shameful uh, except with a husband and wife that's where you have Adam and Eve they were both naked and were not ashamed uh, and that's in the husband and wife relationships the only time that it is not shameful 
uh, to be naked among other people. All right, and so it was considered that still in the New Testament as in the Old Testament. Now, since nakedness is shameful, and it's still shameful now, we can look at God's command to the priest and God going to the extreme of saying, you have to have an ankle-length robe, you have to have shorts that go to your knee underneath your robes, and you're not allowed to go up by steps to the altar because everyone's going to be looking up the steps at you, and we don't want people, perchance, happening to see, happening to see underneath the robe and underneath the shorts and seeing your nakedness. So God went to such extremes with nakedness in the Old Testament, and God doesn't change. He's still the same God. He still had that same aversion to nakedness. He still has that now as he had back then. Uh, so the command reveals the, the lengths to which God expects his people to go to avoid the shame of nakedness. Now, you can't always avoid it. And that's understood. That's why it's not said to be a sin. But we're to run from it. We're to go the opposite direction from nakedness and go as, as far as practically possible uh, away from nakedness. So, yes? Um, it's funny because Michelle and I had the uh, blessing of going to Italy this past year mm -hmm. uh, on our anniversary. And got to see uh, Sistine Chapel, the Vatican, and all the art and everything. And what you're saying was, I guess, very contrary to what we saw, you know. Right. Uh, Catholic Church and the Vatican and Sistine Chapel and so on. Yeah. As far as the Right. Yeah, modern Christians uh, try to get as close to nakedness as they can without offending too many people. And if they can be totally naked without offending anyone, uh, many of them would. In fact, I've had Christian ladies tell me that, hey, there's nothing wrong with public nudity. It's just an offense to people. And if it wasn't offensive to so many people, it'd be no problem at all. They, Christian ladies tell me that. Christian men tell me that. It's just, yeah, that's that's where a lot of Christians are going, is toward this idea that nakedness is perfectly fine. But that's not what we see in the Bible. We see God establishing a principle that we're to be as far away from nakedness as we can practically be. Now, of course, there's practical limits to what you can do. You, know, you can't wear a big gunny sack you know, all the time, but you know, there's there's practical limits. And you have to be practical, but the tendency should be to avoid nakedness and get far from it rather than to get as close to it as we can, which is the way many uh, Christians are now. Well, and, I think about Adam and Eve. <clears throat> I mm -hmm. think about Adam and Eve. I mean, they, they knew well enough not to offend each other. Right. Even after they sinned. Right. Even <laughs> Adam and Eve, even after they sinned, without God ever telling them right. that they were naked and should be ashamed. They recognized on their own, yeah, this is not something that's good. Of course, in their case, they didn't have to be ashamed with each other. Uh, that was a manly result of their sin, but they still recognized nakedness is not the way to go. Even when we get to heaven and we are all living in our perfect sinless state, we will not be naked. There's a lot of people, there's, there's a whole movement of Christians right now in America, uh, saying that Christians should become so pure that we can live together in nudist colonies and have no problem with nakedness and be like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They say you know, God originally created people naked. That's the way he intended people to be. 
and it's only because of the sin that people are not running around naked anymore. And so when we come to Christ and we have all of our sins forgiven, we should no longer be ashamed to be naked. And there's, there is a movement in America right now of Christians teaching that. But when you look in the Bible and you look even in our future state of complete sinlessness in heaven and on the new earth, we're still clothed. God still gives us white robes and we are still clothed, in public at least, in that future state of sinless perfection. And I think that had Adam and Eve not sinned and had children in their sinless state, in their innocent state, God would have told them, hey, now that you've got kids and there's other people on the earth, the two of you need to be clothed when you're in public. There's just no point in telling them that when it's just the two of them. There's no need for it then. Um, but we do see that clothing is what God prefers. He, he wants us to stay away from nakedness as much as possible. All right, so that's that one. It's pretty simple and straightforward law. Let's move on to another one that's somewhat related. We'll go to Ezekiel chapter 44. Ezekiel 44 and verse 20. And you'll notice we are not in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible here. Going to the prophets. And we're going to the prophets for a law that is not found in the Pentateuch. And so we'll, we'll see what it is and why. All right, Ezekiel 44. Let's <coughs> Look at verse number 20, Ezekiel 44, verse 20. Neither shall they shave their heads, nor suffer their locks to grow long. They shall only pull their heads. Okay, and so this is a command given to the priest. That's what the context here that he's speaking to the priest. And the priests are not to shave their heads. They're not to allow their hair to grow long. And they shall only pull their head. So this is a, a prohibition against the priest having long hair or having a shaved head. Uh, to give an, uh, and a bit of an explanation here, the, the word here, only pull their head, what that means is referring to the, the pole of the head. It's a term that we use today for livestock. Uh, we talk about the, the pole of a, of a cow's head or the, the pole of a horse's head. Um, that's the part of the head that's bound by the, the eyes, the ears, and the neck. And so in between the eyes, the ear, and the neck, that area of the head is the, the pole of the head. So when it's saying here, they shall only pull their hair, that means to have their hair trimmed back to that pole area and not beyond. And so we have two extremes here that's given. One extreme is the long hair. The other extreme is the shaved hair. And he said, nope, I want you right in the middle. I want you to have your hair pulled, just cut neat and trimmed, just around the pole of the head. Now, this is an interesting commandment because it is a brand new commandment. The, the long hair part of it is a brand new commandment. The original command is given in Leviticus 21 and verse 5. So let's go back there. Leviticus 21. Leviticus 21, verse 5, is the original command. And it says, They shall not make baldness upon their head. So that's the shaving part. They're not to shave their head. Neither shall they shave off the corner of their beard, nor make any cuttings 
and their flesh. There's nothing in here about long hair. So the original commandment did not say anything about long hair, but in Ezekiel, God said they're not to have long hair either. Not to have shaved head, not to have a long hair uh, either. So if you look in uh, Ezekiel 44, going back there, Ezekiel 44, and look in verse number 1, the initial thought here is that maybe Ezekiel is uh, paraphrasing the law and on his own authority and not from the authority of God, maybe Ezekiel just kind of added the, the long hair thing in there just because that was the tradition that they had adopted. And so he's just kind of throwing that in with the, the quotation of the law. But actually, Ezekiel 44, God himself is speaking to Ezekiel and giving Ezekiel new commands. I start in verse number one. Then he brought me back. This is God. He brought me back the way of the gate uh, of the outward sanctuary, which looketh toward the east, and it was shut. Then said the Lord unto me. And the whole rest of the passage, all the way down to verse number 20, where we see about the long hair, all of that is what God is saying to Ezekiel at this time. So this is God himself giving a new commandment about the hair of the priest. So apparently, back in Moses' day, God did not find it necessary to give a command against long hair. He only found it necessary to give a command against the shaved head. Now, if you look in Moses' day and look at the history of that time, it was traditional among many of the other religions uh, for them to shave their head as part of the worship of their God and uh, shave their head in mourning, for the dead and, and things like that. And God said, no, I don't want my priest to do that. Uh, so there was a uh, there was a custom that was around them that God was specifically saying, don't do this. I don't like what they do in that custom. So there was a tendency the Israelites might have copied that custom and had their priest with shaved head. Apparently there was not a custom at that time in Moses' day of them having long hair. And so God didn't feel it necessary to present a law against having long hair. He figured there's no temptation for them to do that. It's not going to be a problem. But by Ezekiel's time, it had become necessary to add that provision into the law. And I haven't studied the history of that time to see what other cultures uh, around Israel during Ezekiel's day were doing. I don't know if that was uh, common at that time or not. I, just thinking about it, this is... Ezekiel is kind of along the time period of the, the Babylonian uh, Empire. And all the pictures that I have seen, the, the uh, carvings and statues and stuff of the Babylonian uh, emperors and rulers, they all have long hair. So it may be that long hair was the trend in Babylon. And so God thought specifically, I'm going to address that trend that's around them now uh, here in Ezekiel. And so he did. All right, so what about a New Testament application for this? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 11. And the New Testament application actually explains why God did not give the command against long hair in Moses' day, uh, even though he did give that command later in Ezekiel's day. <clears throat> so 1 Corinthians 11, we'll start in verse 13. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 13. Judge in yourselves, is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? 
Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. Okay, so here we have the phrase, doth not even nature itself teach you. And so apparently back in Moses' day, the people actually paid attention to what nature was teaching them. <laughs> and no one had long hair, none of the men anyway had long hair, except for the Nazarites, of course, because they were doing it out of shame, uh, showing that they were, were uh, humble before God and in a position of shame. But everyone else, no one had long hair, none of the men had long hair, uh, because nature told them that it was shameful. But apparently by Ezekiel's day, Nature wasn't teaching them that anymore, they, or nature was still teaching them. They weren't listening to nature teach them that anymore. Uh, and the men were wearing long hair, and so God said, Nope, you don't need to have any long hair on at least my male priest. He didn't apply this to everyone else, but he did apply it to the priest and said, No long hair. And then you get to the New Testament time, and uh, Paul says, Hey, this is common sense. Even nature tells us that man shouldn't have long hair. And if you look at the hairstyles during the New Testament time period. You know, a lot of people, a lot of the artists draw the apostles and Jesus as having long hair and all that, but uh, no, the hairstyle at that time was the Roman haircut, which is very short, uh, a pulled haircut. Uh, the Roman hairstyle was very short. You look at the statues and stuff of the Roman emperors, they don't have long hair. They have their hair pulled uh, and close cropped to the, to the top of their head. And so Paul is saying, Hey, this is just common sense. Nature teaches you that, um, and he's not even talking here specifically about uh, men having long hair. That's not the focus of the passage. The focus of the passage is on women should have long hair, not on the fact that men should not have long hair. Uh, Paul is focusing on women should have long hair because the trend was going so far toward short hair that the women were all, uh, in fact, shaving their hair. The temple prostitutes at that time uh, would shave their head entirely and, uh, and be bald. And that was the symbol that they were a, a prostitute in the temple in that, that area. Uh, and so in the New Testament application, we see that still the same lesson is taught by nature that men should not have long hair. Uh, and so the priests were not to have long hair by command in the Old Testament. And then we see by nature in the New Testament, the same thing still applies to us. We should not have long hair either. So that's the second one about priests with long hair. Any comments or questions on either of those? All right. Well, we're going to get out about 10 minutes early, so let's go ahead and close in prayer, and we'll be dismissed. Uh, Jeff, why don't you pray for us?